Welcome to LifeBridge Online. Whenever it is that you are watching this, we are grateful that you are allowing us to be part of your life. No matter what you might be doing right now, we believe that God's word has power to speak into your life. And so that has been our prayer, that as you watch these messages that we provide online, that God will speak into your life. He'll encourage you. He'll comfort you. He will teach you. He'll con convict you to, to draw closer to him. Depending on when you are watching this, we are celebrating Holy Week and specifically Resurrection Sunday or Easter as we like to call it. What a special day this really is. I mean, for you and I, this is everything. Everything about this Jesus who we have claimed as Savior hinges on this day that we celebrate. You, know, you think about it on the, the Sunday morning that Mary and Mary went to the tomb. If it were occupied that day, they showed up, they were going to go down there, and they were going to prepare Jesus' body for long-term burial. There was no real plan, mind you. They didn't know how they were going to get in. There was a big stone in front of the, the opening of the tomb. It had been sealed. It was guarded. They didn't know how they were going to get in, but they were going to go regardless and try to prepare his body for burial. Of course, when they got there, to their surprise, the stone had been moved away. The guards were scared. They peeped into the, into the tomb where Jesus' body was laid, and they discovered something astonishing. They discovered that the body was missing. The headpiece was wrapped up nice and neat and laid on the table where Jesus' body was rested the days before. The tomb was empty. And because of this, because of their discovery, you and I have reason to celebrate. We have reason to celebrate because the Old Testament prophets, Jesus himself predicted this very thing would happen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 20, verses 18 and 19. This is a few days before Jesus was coming into town for Holy Week. Palm Sunday is going to take place. Um, then all the events of, of the Passover are going to take place. And this is what Jesus said to his disciples. Listen, we're going to go up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priest and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die. Then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged with a whip, and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. As you can imagine, in that moment, the disciples hearing the words that Jesus was talking about, they couldn't grasp what he was saying. But you and I today, we get it. We understand the tomb was empty. And because the tomb is empty, this is everything for you and I. Nothing else matters. Paul was trying to emphasize this very thought uh, to the church at Corinth. And so he quoted the prophets of old in his first letter. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 55 and 56 
he wrote these words. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power. Church, Jesus was victorious over death. His victory over death is our victory as well. By Jesus conquering death, he conquers sin. And since he was sinless, he was perfect. It wasn't his sin, it's our sin that he conquers. Look at verse 57, if you will. But thank God, Paul writes. Can we just do that right now? Can you just thank the Lord? Can you thank the Lord for the victory that we have? But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, you and I have victory over the sin that is in our life because of the sacrifice that was made by Jesus. That is why we celebrate one of the great things about our country is that we like to celebrate holidays. And I think this year, the celebrations will be all the more special. You know, we have eight national holidays throughout the year that, that we celebrate. We stop. We shut down businesses. We gather with families. We, we have rituals that we participate in. And I get it. Some are bigger than others, and some need to be bigger than what they are. Six of the eight national holidays that we celebrate each year have a history of remembering sacrifices that were made and achievements were accomplished. Did you catch that? So we have these holidays throughout the year where we remember the sacrifices that were made and things were accomplished because of those sacrifices. Like take Martin Luther King. Uh, Martin Luther King, we celebrate him. We celebrate the advancement of equality because of his life. And here's the thing. His accomplishments came at great cost. He lost his life because he stood up for what he believed in. Our world is a different place. Our world is a better place because of the sacrifices that Martin Luther King made. In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate Memorial Day. We're going to remember the sacrifices of the men and the women who have fought for this country. And they have accomplished great feats, not just in our country, but around the world for humanity's sake. We're going to celebrate. And I know that Memorial Day gets caught up in being the official day of summer, and my hope is that you take some time to remember that we pause on this day. We celebrate. We're able to gather with friends and family. We're able to have our cookouts because of the sacrifices of families, men and women serving in our military, who didn't just sacrifice for our country. They made sacrifices for the world. Independence Day, Labor Day, Veterans Day, all celebrations every year where something was accomplished at the expense of a sacrifice. There's a universal truth I want to share with you about this. 
It came actually from our reading in our Core 52 books this past week. And it's this, victory follows sacrifice. Now, now I get it. You could play a board game and, and you could just get lucky. Sometimes that, you know, victory just happens, right? But in meaningful moments of life, when you get down to what is really important, victory rarely happens without sacrifice. And so that's what we say. Victory follows sacrifice. And more importantly, for you and I today, Easter Sunday, our victory follows Jesus's sacrifice. And that's what Paul is saying in verse 57. But thank you, Lord. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you think about it, you think about the sacrifice, you think about what Jesus did. You know, right here to, to my right is a, is a cross. Behind me is a, is a cross. And it's, it's a reminder of the bloody, the gruesome sacrifice that Jesus made. And, and we can't quite grasp why in God's world, the world that you and I live in, he set the rules of needing a blood sacrifice for our sins. But those are the conditions that he set. He said, I'm going to create these people and I'm going to love these people and I want these people to be like us. We want these people to, to be holy. We want these people to be set apart, but they're going to sin. And when they sin, there has to be blood. There has to be a life given for a life that wipes away the sin. And so when we choose to sin against God, a blood sacrifice is required. And without sacrifice for our sins, we live a doomed life. We live apart from God. If you are right now listening to this and you know that you are living in sin, that you are choosing sin right now, I want you to hear you are living a doomed life. You are living a life with eternal ramifications. But here's the beauty. Here's the beauty of what took place. God knew that there would be sin. And he said, I am going to allow for blood sacrifice, the blood sacrifice of the perfect lamb to take place. Leviticus, Old Testament book, gives some elaborate details for what it was like when God was establishing his rescued people, the Hebrew nation. He's going to set them up in the promised land and he's, he's giving them a picture because he knows they're sinning. They're sinning as they follow him. As they follow him out of slavery, out of bondage, they're creating idols. They're, they're, they're doing things that do not honor him. And he sets up a means, if you will, for the relationship to be restored. Leviticus chapter 16 uh, talks about it. Verse uh, Chapter 17, verse 11 kind of summarizes it. Read that with me, if you will. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood 
that makes atonement by the life. When we talk about sacrifice, when we talk about suffering, uh, the sacrifice and the suffering that took place for us, the Bible calls this word atonement. God spoke to mankind and he said, your life is in the blood, not necessarily in your blood, but the blood that is being spilled. I have given it for you on the altar to make sacrifice for your souls. You see, that is what has to happen in God's economy, even if we can't grasp it. When we sin, we sin against God. He cannot handle it. He can't deal with sin. And so there has to be a life given to wash away, to take care, to remove the blemishes of our sin. The author of Hebrews sheds some more light on, on what is happening here. Hebrews 10.10, 10, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Like, like that's what God wants. He wants us to be a nation, a people set apart. He, and it's his will that we are made holy. We are made set apart at the expense, at the suffering, at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. As we have drifted away from God because of sin, he restores our relationship through the one and done sacrifice of Jesus, his son. God hates sin, church. His wrath towards sin is real. In order for us to be made right in his eyes, the body of the perfect, unblemished sacrifice who made no mistakes, who knew no sin, had to suffer. Our victory follows Jesus' sacrifice. I hope that encourages you today. I, I hope that, that you sit here and you look at your life and you examine your life and you think through for just a few moments, if nothing else, of the sin that has been in your life, knowing that that sin is no more. A multitude of love covers a multitude of sin. That is Jesus's love for you and I covers a multitude of sin. So besides being encouraged by this news, there's a lesson. There's a lesson we need to be reminded of this Easter. You and I are expected to model this very idea. Victory follows sacrifice. We are expected to model this very thing for others. We're to live this out for other people. Jesus never asked you and I to do anything that he himself did not model for us. Laying down his life for the sake of others was taken to an extreme. He made the sacrifice, right? We reap the reward of victory. But that's the very thing that he is asking you and I to do today. He's asking you and I to make a sacrifice so that others can reap the reward of victory. 
Well, how does that happen, right? Like, I mean, we're sitting here talking about sacrifice and it comes in, in the form of blood sacrifice. Is God asking me to make a blood sacrifice for others? Well, hopefully it doesn't come to that. We should be willing to lay down our life for the sake of others. The Bible is clear on that. But I think we need to focus a little bit differently this morning. We are to sacrifice self. Or, or as the New Testament calls it, we are to die to self. That's our sacrifice. We die to self. You know, Romans 12, uh, Galatians chapter 2 and 5, 2 Corinthians 5 are just a few passages that speak to the notion that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are to die to self. Here's the thing about Jesus' sacrifice. And this is important for us to understand. I just said it, 1 Peter 4 talks about love covering a multitude of sins. Jesus' love for us is why he made the sacrifice. It was worth it in his eyes. His love for us was worth the sacrifice. And because of his love, his love covers over a multitude of sins. So all of Jesus' sacrifice for you and I, it's driven by love. And if we are going to love one another as we're commanded to, if we're going to love one another as Jesus loves us, then we will have to sacrifice. We will have to sacrifice time. We will have to sacrifice energy, money. Dying to self requires that we say no to our personal desires for the sake of others. I mean, every parent gets this, right? You, you understand this. You make plenty of sacrifices for your children to be successful in life. Of course, as kids, never really understand that. I get that. At least I didn't understand it. But here's the thing with love we always need to remember. Matthew and Luke record Jesus' teaching that when we only love those who love us back, this doesn't count, right? I mean, Matthew 5, Luke 6, he's, he's recording teachings of Jesus as he's talking about love and how we're to love one another. And he says, when we are loving other people and, and we only love them because they love us back, that doesn't count. And he brings up the tax collectors, you know, the dreaded people. Nobody wanted to be uh, associated with or identify as a tax collector. He's like, even the tax collectors love each other. They love one another there's no reward in only loving people who love us back. You know, on most days, our families are easy for us to love. I mean, it, it really is. It, man, it's easy to love our nuclear families. But we're instructed to love our neighbors. We're instructed to love the bank teller. We're instructed to love the person that takes our order. We're instructed to, to love the people whose paths we cross with on a regular basis. Are they going to always love us back? We're instructed to love our enemies. We're instructed to love the people who persecute us. We're, we're instructed to love the people that we think in our mind are out to get us. Are they loving us back? 
When Jesus teaches about love, he does not teach about reciprocated love. He teaches that we should love one another regardless of whether or not we receive love back. And here's the truth that happens. You can't do that without sacrifice. Sacrifice must be made in order to love without receiving love in return. That is this agape love we hear so much about. Sacrificial, self-dying love for others. If victory follows sacrifice, sacrifice is driven by love. What is the victory that others experience? If I love my neighbors sacrificially, what is their victory? As followers of Jesus, we are victorious because of his sacrifice. As I make the sacrifice by dying to self and loving others, how are others victorious? Well, I want to take you back. Remember God's plan. For reconciling the world back to him is done through people. That's been his plan all along. From the moment he rescued uh, the Israelites out of Egypt, he was going to use people to reconcile others who were without God, who were without a relationship back to himself. And I believe right now in your world, there are people who need to be reconciled back to God. There are people who are living in a rebellious state. They may be nice people. They may be kind people, but they are without a relationship with the Lord. People who need to be reconciled back to him. And God will use you to make this happen. Church, know that our sacrifices, our dying to self, these never go unnoticed by God. And he has the ability to take what we do in his name for him and use it to move someone else to draw closer to Jesus. When we love sacrificially, when we are willing to say no to self for the benefit of others, God has a way of taking that, those actions and drawing people to him. And I think about the people in my life who have loved me sacrificially. I think about the people who have given up stuff, have said no to self for me. God uses these people to strengthen my faith. And I think of the Dion's of the world who pour into Griffin. I think of the Paula who, who, who takes Stella into her house every Sunday night and feeds her a meal and spends time walking through scripture with her and talking about life and talking about what it's like to be raised in the Sykes household. And I think about the investment that these people make and I know that God is going to use their sacrifice to allow Griffin and Stella to be victorious. Victory follows sacrifice. And so today on Easter Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. We celebrate the victory that he had over death. We remember his blood sacrifice on the cross. But the tomb was empty.
victory over sin, victory over death. Our victory today follows Jesus' sacrifice. Whose victory will follow your sacrifice? Until next week, we'll see you.